chapter 5, verse number 28. I couldn't help but be reminded today, it was on a Wednesday night that Miss Anna came because she was late to another church. She stopped at our church. Do you understand how important the service becomes? How important this service is tonight? How important it is for us to be in our place? How important it is for the doors to be open and the lights on? May not be perfect. Matter of fact, if you and I show up, it's not going to be perfect. But had church not been going on that night, had had we gotten discouraged and said, it ain't worth it, let's just stay at the house. Anna may have not never gotten saved and Ernie would be in hell tonight. But he's not. You understand how important this business is? I hope you understand that. Well, I've contemplated all day long how, how important it is, this business of serving God. It's not just something we do. It's lives and Sometimes because you live in the moment of it, you don't understand the importance to down the road to several years and then all of a sudden it becomes very real. How real that Wednesday night service was now, tonight, how real that service was then. So we need to understand how, how important it is, these services Got your place in your Bible, turn if you would to Mark 5, 28. Let's stand together. And you just keep your Bible open because we'll read a few passages. And Mark 5, 28, and for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Turn one chapter over to chapter 6 and verse 56. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that he might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. I'm going to pray and let you be seated, and then we'll turn to Luke 8, 43. But let's pray. Now, and ask the Lord to help us here tonight. I'm going to ask Matthew to pray, please. Amen. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter number 8. You'll find it on page 1085 if you have a King James Bible. Luke 8, verse number 43. I like hearing them pages turn. Amen? And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched. Jesus said, Who touched me? 
And all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. Sayest thou who touched me? Jesus said, Somebody had touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. In Matthew 9, 21, need not turn there, for she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. If I had a thought tonight, it would simply be just a touch will do. As I was praying and preparing for Ernie to come and be with me this week, and I knew he was very discouraged. And uh, this, this story came to mind. And um, my thought was, Ernie, if you can find God and just get a touch, a touch is all you need. I see in this story that Jesus was on his way. The crowd had almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. No one could heal her. She comes up behind him because, and we'll explain why she'd done that in a moment. And she touched the edge of his garment. And the Bible says immediately she was made whole. Jesus said, who touched me? Of course, all of the rest of the crowd saying, Jesus, if you, if you've been in the sun too long. Who touched you? Hundreds of people's touched you. The crowd, everybody's got their hands on you. He said, oh, no, no. Somebody. Somebody touched me. Somebody reached in got a hold of the power of God, pulled that power out of him, and he said, somebody touch me. And then the woman, realizing, I ain't, I'm not going to hide this. I'm not going to get away from this. She comes and she falls on her face and she says, Lord, this is why I've done this. This story has captured the imagination of the early church. Over, the gener- over generations of time, there have been great traditions arose. The Greeks said her name was Bernice. The Latin church called her Veronica. Eusebius 
says that she was a Gentile from Caesarea Philippi. And then when she returned home, she, she had a, a, a statue of Jesus placed in her front yard. And I tell you all that because we, have, we can't verify none of that. But to tell you the magnitude of this story in the early church and the impact that it made. For you see, what we really see here is a miracle within a miracle. Matthew 9, Mark 5, and Luke 8 tell us this miracle took place in the context of another miracle that's taking place. We find Jesus is coming to town. Don't miss this. Jesus comes to town. Business will pick up. Hey, don't miss this. If Jesus comes to your house, business will pick up. Don't miss this. If Jesus finds a place in your heart, he'll change you. You won't be the same. You won't be the same. Jesus is coming, and I've seen a a very well-to-do man by the name of Jairus. Jairus grabs Jesus by the arm and says, Now, Jesus, you, you, you've got to hurry. My, my, my baby girls are dying. Jesus, you, Jesus you've got to hurry. She's dying. And no doubt, he's rushing her. And there's throngs of people around but totally unnoticed, totally unseen. There's a frail, sickly hand pushing through the throng. She said, if I can just touch it, no one recognizes her. Her arms were thin. Her hands were shaking. She stretches them towards Jesus. He's passing right by her. No one will see me. No one will notice me. For you see, everything said she couldn't be here. She had an issue of blood. And Mark's version tells us a detail that Luke don't tell us. And Luke might have not told us this because Luke was a physician. But Mark wasn't a physician. And Mark says, she suffered many things of physicians and spent all she had and nothing better but rather grew worse. And Luke wasn't about to put a bad name on physicians. He's a physician himself. But what it means is no doctor had an answer. And there's some things God just, doctors don't have an answer. And there's some things the world don't have an answer. And there's some situations, there's just no answer as far as this way. So she decides that without a miracle, there'll be no hope. But then the matters grow worse. She's got an issue of blood. 
And that, that's not an issue so much, but it's still an issue if you, you bleed enough, you'll die. Amen. But in Leviticus 15, 25 through 27, if a woman had an issue of blood that didn't stop, and I won't go into more detail than that, but she had an issue of blood, she was a castaway. She was cast out. She was considered defiled. She, as a matter of fact, she would be cast outside of the village and literally, literally, she would not be allowed to touch any human being. And the idea was if she touched anyone, she would defile them. She couldn't go to the temple and worship. She couldn't come to the house of God like everybody else. As a matter of fact, she would just only look on the outside in. And, and she couldn't go to church. Oh my goodness. I would to God. I would to God. God's people would get a hold of something. Don't wait till you can't go to appreciate the fact you can. And for 12 years, she'd been segregated. Nobody she could touch. Nobody hugged her. She hugged she couldn't hug her husband. She couldn't hug her children. Her children couldn't hug her. I was thinking about years ago, we would bring bus kids to church. And some of them didn't smell good. Because of that, people would push them away and, and, and shun them because they didn't smell good. That's the only problem she had. She wouldn't have had a problem. But nobody could do that. As a matter of fact, it'd be hard to imagine a sadder situation than she had. Literally, she had been among the living dead for 12 years. And now Jesus has come to town. As a matter of fact, the word spread like wildfire. He's here. Who's your Jesus of Nazareth? And he can heal the sick. You have to understand something. You're talking about a faith. She had gotten caught. Let's say this whole thing had been a fake. And they had caught her touching him. She could have been stoned to death on the spot. But you know what she said? If I can just touch him. If I can just touch him. Just a touch will do. I'm as sincere with you as I can believe. I, I believe with every fiber of my being, with every fiber of my being, all we need is just a touch. Someone said we need to have revival. What's a revival? Just God touching you. Just God touching you. As a matter of fact, one touch in your life will never be the same. Tonight, if, if, we, if we could lay aside all the garbage and all the junk that's in our hearts and in our lives and just lay aside and say, Oh God, I need a touch. God see fit to touch you. God see fit to touch, allow you to touch Him. You say, But how do we do that? 
by faith, just like she did. Just like she did. The Bible says she come behind him and touched the border of his garment. I don't know what your ideal about this might have been. But the men in that day wore a tassels on their outer garments. Those, gar- those tassels each had blue thread in them and it, it reminded them to obey God's commandments. It was a reminder every day. They would put that outer garment and they would see that blue thread and they would say, well, today I've got to obey God. Today I've got to obey God. And there would always be one tassel at the back. And most believe, when we think about a garment, we think about being hemmed like a, something hemmed up like this. But the fact was, it was probably like a tassel flowing in. She just reached out and touched the tassel. There's no power in the tassel. The power was in Jesus. Now don't miss this. He knew where she was. He knew what she needed. I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else. She could have sat there and said, Listen, I I can't touch him. It won't happen for us. As a matter of fact, that's that's what I want to talk to Ernie about. The economy there has tanked to to no end. One one man's income went from 60,000 to 20,000 in just the past year. And, I, and I've talked to Ernie enough, and he's talked to me about how, how bad the economy was and all that stuff. And I was just going to remind him that, son, God knows what the economy is. I don't miss this. He knows what your need is, too. Nothing about any of us that, that didn't catch God off God. I know what everybody else is saying. Let's get to Jairus' house. But there's a little woman there who said, i got to get to Jesus. I got to get to him. No greater need tonight. Notice something. Notice, and immediately. She didn't have to go through rehab. She didn't have to have a blood transfusion. She didn't have to make 10 doctor visits to tell him they can't help her no more. She didn't get a bill. And immediately, her issue of blood staunched or stopped. She, verse 47, she was healed immediately. If God wanted you to understand anything, He wants you to understand this. If you touch Him, He, he helps you immediately. I couldn't help but think. I thought about it all week. The more I thought about it, the more I cried, but... Or he did get his touch. He did. There's two things he's taught y'all to know. You need to know this and never have a doubt about it. That man sitting there Monday was priceless. I don't care how much money, I don't care how much money we'll ever pay him. What he did Monday was priceless. Absolutely priceless in helping me. To Stacy. Priceless. Second thing, 
He got his help. Beside his hand, we walked in with his Bible and a pencil laying on top of it. As I left and I was thinking this week, I thought, my goodness, I was going to tell him about a touch. But God slipped in. Midnight hour. And said, I'll touch him. He's better. I see Jesus is going the other direction. Jesus is tugging with him to come, crying all the same time, my daughter, my daughter, the crowd's packed. And no one sees this woman on the side. No one notices as she elbows her way to the center. No one pays attention as she reaches out her hand. And no one speaks to her and she speaks to no one. And she touches his, his hem of his his, his, his border's garment. In less time than I could tell you, her weary arteries, her shrunken veins, her diseased organs, her withered muscles, her shattered nerves were filled with health and strength. The disastrous decay of the last 12 years vanished in a moment's time. And she was well again. I, I think for the first time, she smiled because she knew. And then she hears the voice, Who touched me? And she begins, I think she's turned to, to run. She's smiling because she's well. For the first time, who touched me? And she stops, and the fear grips her heart, and she says, Oh my God, I'm caught. You tell you why. There's three touches that people made that day, and people made today. There's a touch of hostility. That's religious leaders when they beat Jesus at his trial. There's the touch of curiosity. Those milling around. But then there's the touch of faith. And that's the touch of this poor woman. Now, he didn't ask for his own benefit. He knew who had touched him. He wanted for her benefit because he wanted to raise her level of faith. He wanted her to know it was her faith that made the difference. He wanted her to know the healing was permanent. He wanted her to know that he wanted a relationship with her. He didn't touch her just to be touching her. He wanted her to know who he was and who she had touched. He wanted Jairus to know what he'd done. He wanted the crowd to know what he had done. And according to the law, her touch can make Jesus unclean. But can I say, because he's the Son of God, his power of healing overcame her uncleanness. And that touch tonight can undo yours. 
And our Lord wasn't ashamed to be touched by the untouchable. I was thinking about this with one of our bus workers. One of our kids had a problem. Some of you would have flipped out, had a heart attack. One of our kids had a problem. But the next week, the kid come running to her and she hugged her. She wasn't ashamed to be touched by the untouchable. You're ashamed of Jesus. You're ashamed of him. Are you so angry and so far from God you don't even know what a touch is anymore? Are you so distant and so, so full of yourself you don't even know what a touch is no more? Jesus ain't ashamed of you. He's not ashamed to be touched by an untouchable. He's not embarrassed to be identified as the outcast of this world. I've been around a few people that they, did, they was kind of ashamed of me. They didn't want to be, they, they didn't mind associating with me in private, but not publicly. They didn't want to be uh, associated with us. He was at home with publicans and sinners. He ate suppers with drunkards. He welcomed the prostitutes. He touched the lepers. He's not ashamed to be touched. By the untouchable. You say, why is this so important? Well, it's so important because, our Lord, there is no untouchable people. There is no untouchable. There is nobody so far down he can't touch. There's no, no person so far out there he can't reach. And there's no need to die that you can't bring to him that he can't touch. And there's no soul here tonight he can't save. I don't care what you've done. Not only did he heal her, but he loved her. Let me just give you two thoughts and I'm going to be done. I see, first of all, in this story, the sensitivity of Jesus. No one ever cared about people like he did. Church... We're never going to get where it's, it, you can have all the trinkets and the toys this world has. You can have all the money that you can pile up in the bank. But at the end of the day, if you can't care about people, then you're, then you're just done. You got to care about people. Got to care about people. No one ever gave himself like he did. And no one ever felt the pain of others like he did. Couldn't believe how he walked down a crowded street and yet he felt a thin, sickly hand of faith. Felt a touch. He stopped and he turned. Everybody's rushing him, but he stopped and turned. He wasn't angry with her, nor was he too busy, nor was he too tired to be bothered with her. He whom all the forces of hell could not stop. He, don't you miss this, he whom all the forces of hell 
could not stop. One sickly hand did. Whoa. One. All of hell couldn't stop him. But one touch of a sickly hand did. That blows my mind. Mercy. And she stopped him in his tracks. And when he turned, when he turned, it was just her and him. No one else mattered. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings, thy infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Number two, I love this, stows the story of the power of a feeble faith. Isn't it amazing? She didn't have great faith. I don't know if she had much any faith, but she had enough faith to just do this. That's it. Some of you will wait until faith builds up like a mountain. I'm telling you, it's not that at all. God responds to the feeblest, simplest faith. Oh, she did. She didn't preach a message. She had no money to give. She had no strength to give. All she did was, that's it. And she stopped the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and got healed and made whole. I don't know about you, but that just absolutely blows my little people, just blows my mind. I believe she may have had that mustard seed faith. I'm not sure. Whatever it was, she stopped Jesus. See, tonight, Jesus is not offended by our problems. He didn't stop and say, Well, I tell you, you just ain't done enough. He didn't stop and say, you got any money? He didn't stop and say, my God, have you tried something else? No, because he's not offended with our problems. Here's the question tonight. Do you have simple enough faith? A young man asked me a great question, one of the best questions I've ever been asked. And I, I don't think they'll mind me sharing it, but because some of you may not even know why. Why? He said, why do we use the altars? Great question. Here's why we use the altars. By using the altars, it is you making your way to touch him. It is you making your way to touch him. Jesus is going, I, I, I believe Jesus is passing by. 
I'm just wondering, he's waiting on who wants to touch him. I don't believe he comes to play games. He wasn't play, she wasn't playing games. She needed a touch. And all it took was just a touch. Tonight, a touch is all it takes. Saw Rock Baptist Church. Just need a touch. I'm preaching the message that I've lived this week. I myself still in the way and saying, God, I just, I just need a touch. And uh, I got to have a touch. And you say, why? I just don't know if I can preach his funeral without a touch. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, let's pull up if I can. I came with a touch. So tonight... That was what I would have shared with Ernie. Well, God shared it with him. So I'm wondering tonight, who here needs that? I'm not talking about playing games. I'm, I'm not interested in that. I will tell you this. How serious the service is. On a Wednesday night, 1993, a woman was late. And so she said, I'll just stop here and come in. And God saved her, saved her daughters, and saved a man. She's in heaven now. He's in heaven now. All because of a Wednesday night service. And somebody got a touch. Do you need a touch tonight? So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed, never eye